0: Hello, welcome. Uh, another episode of Daily Musings podcast with your host, JP Hummingbird. Uh, little experiment today. I'm going to record on my phone using the Anchor app. So I'm interested how this will go. So yeah, for for, for the next hour or so, I'm going to sift through my thoughts. I'm just coming off the back of my uh, second operation in, in two months, back to back. Uh, and yesterday, I just double dipped, so I had the COVID and the flu jab at the same time. Uh, but I feel fine actually. Uh, but just waking up crazy, and I'll just keep. I go to sleep, and then I wake up four hours later, and then I'm awake for about four hours, and then I sort of fall back to sleep for maybe two or three hours, and it's just a weird routine at the minute. So. I'm sat on the Juliet balcony just looking out. And it is, you cannot see very far. It is a proper misty morning. Uh, So I wrote this little haiku, let's see if it makes any sense. Reclining at home, covered in vaccines, misty mountain hop. I just love that title, Misty Mountain Hot. I don't know if, if any of you are Led Zeppelin fans, you, you'll have heard that song, Misty Mountain Hot. So I'm going to, uh, let's have a look, let's find the lyrics for it, I want to read. So basically, right now I can see, I can see the building opposite, I can see that the tree that I always look at, the skeleton tree, which is this huge, it's huge tree, I don't know what type of tree it is, but every every branch is facing up, upwards, up to the sky. So it just always reminds me of Nick Cave. Uh, yeah, skeleton tree, man. I wrote a haiku about that tree as well. So <coughs> Maybe we'll read that in a bit. So Misty Mountain Hot by Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah, so I don't. I've got. My arm is a bit out of action at the minute, so I probably won't be playing any guitar, which is. which I was quite frustrated about, but I've settled into it now. Uh, but let's look at some. Misty Mountain Hot by Led Zeppelin. I'm assuming Robert Plant wrote these lyrics, and Robert Plant is actually from n- nearby. He's a black country boy. Uh, and the back country is this area in the Midlands where he used to do a lot of coal mining. Uh, and he supports the local team as well. So if you go, if you go watch the local team, the Wanderers, you, you might bump into Robert Plant. I, do, I remember meeting him quite a long time ago. I think I was with my good friend, Johnny Blaze. And we was at this gig, it was in Wolverhampton, we were watching the Black Keys, you know, that great blues band from America. Uh, John, or- John Orbeck, is it, I think? And the drummer and oh, just an awesome gig. And I went to get drinks and uh, I met Robert Plant in the bar. He's such a nice dude, but he just looked like an absolute rock star. He just had this huge head his hair's still glorious like yeah just uh, just yeah the, the one good thing about the black country is that the people are very nice very sort of just lovely people uh, I'd say the tour of hospitals I've been doing like I'd say this one in the one in Dudley in the heart of the black country I think had the nicest people by far Uh credit Credit to them. Anyway, onward. Walking in the park just the other day, baby. <laughs> what? Hang on, oh, this right. It's really small. <laughs> uh, let's start again. Walking in the park just the other day, baby. What do you what do you think I saw? Crowds of people sitting on the grass with flowers in their hair said, Hey, boy. Do you want to score? And you know how it is. I really don't know what time it is. Oh, oh. So I asked them if I could stay a while. Right. <laughs> I didn't notice it, but it got very dark and I was really, really out of my mind. All right, so it's... Just then a policeman stepped up to me and asked us, said, please, hey, Would we care to all get in line, get in line? Well, you know, they asked us to stay for tea and have some fun. Oh, oh, he said, that his friends would all drop by. Oh, why don't you take a good look at yourself and describe what you see? And baby, 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 do you like it? There you sit, sitting spare like a book on a shelf, rusting. Oh, not trying to fight it. I don't know if he's just in a crazy trip at the minute. That's what it sounds like. Or it's just pushing back against the norms. <laughs> this is just, I've never done this before. It's quite fun. You really don't care if they're coming. Oh, oh. I know that it's all a state of mind. Oh. If you go down in the streets today, baby, you better, you better open your eyes. Folk down there really don't care. Really don't care. Don't care. Really don't. Which, which... Way the pressure lies. So I've decided what I'm going to do now. So I'm packing my bags for the misty mountains where the spirits go now, over the hills where the spirits fly. Oh, I really don't know. (laughs) I think that's how I felt when I first went to India. I was just like, just I'm had enough. I'm going. Uh, That's interesting. I've never read any. Robert Plant's lyrics before. Down, 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 down. You're always distracted by the the riffs, uh, and his high pitched wailing. Wow! Yeah, I've never never been able to sing like that. It just works, doesn't it? With with a band like Led Zeppelin. <coughs> Robert Plant he's still going strong he still plays he's got his own band he's just yeah who'd have thought he'd be the most prolific out of the the two say out of him and Jimmy Page you'd have thought Jimmy Page would have gone on and done just smashing riffs left right and centre but yeah I don't he didn't do that much has he since Led Zeppelin I remember watching that the song remains the same the music video about Led Zeppelin. It's just a brilliant, masterful video. The peak of the powers like touring around America, sold out shows, limousines, uh, just Robert Plant wearing, <laughs> you ever see... I don't know if you've ever seen him, but, <laughs> he's got like denim flares his long blonde hair and he wears the the smallest denim waistcoat you've ever seen. Is it a waistcoat or just... So it's just his whole chest and and torso is showing. (laughs) Oh, man. What would it be like to be that famous where you could literally just do, wear whatever you want? You still go through that phase, but you have to restrain it. I remember in my high testosterone days when (laughs) playing in bands and just like, I used to wear the most insane shit. I remember playing at a gig in uh, Coventry once in this nightclub. And I think I actually wore my, I actually wore some taekwondo bottoms, (laughs) which are like these white, I can't remember why. I used to do martial arts so you imagine a karate but with a taekwondo but karate white but I, I don't know what I was trying to do oh, random maybe I was trying to at that time I think I was trying to emulate Richard Ashcroft <laughs> with some just level of uh, delusional madness which I guess if you're going to be a rock star, you need a, uh, you need spades of that you need a uh, you need to be completely off your rocker, if that makes any sense. <laughs> oh, fun. So what have we learned from Misty Mountain Hot? Do whatever you want, go your own way. Yeah, this morning I looked, I was looking on Twitter, or Twitter if you pronounce your T's, but because I'm English, Uh, we don't really pronounce T's. And I saw this painting by, who is it? By M.C. Escher. Which I've not I've been coming more familiar with, but he's uh, there's this mountain path and it's all dark and it's kinda of like one of those caves or underneath the mountain like in Lord of the Rings where it's just dark and you can see there's this lone figure with a lamp light and just where he is it's lit up. But you you can imagine he can't see very far ahead and he can't see behind and He's called it Never Think Before You Act, 1921. Flora de Pascua. Oh, maybe it's by Flora de Pascua. Never Think Before You Act. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I'm trying to get that balance of... But it just reminded me of trying to climb out of a slump where you're like... You, you, you're down... I guess that's more like that Lord of the Rings where you, you're just down and out. Are you know when i say a slump on a downswing you know like today just, there's like this physical slump where the weather's restricted your view you know physically at the minute i'm sort of restricted and i've just got to focus on you know what just focus on what is within reach and try and just enjoy it uh Yeah, I was. So I'd say about. So. I was in hospital. I had an operation on last Thursday. So what was that? Nine days ago, probably now. I came out on the Saturday. And no, I came out on the Sunday back home. And yeah, feeling all right. You know, survived, feeling good, and then, just maybe around Wednesday or Tuesday, Wednesday, just feeling a bit. St- just feeling a bit vulnerable, a bit sorry. <laughs> sorry for myself, I guess. And that's that little slump, you know. There's no explanation for it other than... You can try to ration this stuff after. Ad hoc rationale for why, but... It's just the fluctuations the vicissitudes of of life. And then... Past three days, just... I guess it culminated. I had my wrist on my right, right wrist, which is my good arm at the minute, which I'm doing everything with, Almost, you know, but I'd say. So probably dropped to 70% now, but it was doing everything, and it's just this bruising where the the anaesthetist has gone in to, to monitor the pulse, and it's all bruised up, and I was a bit concerned, so I went back to the hospital and on a... Uh, I was doing Thursday morning, yeah. And just got and it just got me back into the groove. I was out and about and just felt like, oh yeah, it was good. Got me <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. I was just it's this thing where you know where you, you can feel like sometimes you can you can drift into a little narrative that about little helplessness hole or, and it's, and then you're looking around and you can just easily just, oh, it's too dark. I'm just going to sit here and wait, you know, or you can just start moving and just inch your way up and, yeah, that's uh, fascinating, that sort of and then all of a sudden, boom, yeah, you're enjoying life again, if that makes any sense. Uh, holy shit, I just realised I'm, I hope nothing goes wrong with this recording, as I'm working through it. All right, let's read, uh, I don't know if I've read this before, let's read The Skeleton Tree Heiku, if I can find it. Uh So this is that tree that's in front of me now. I can see in the mist. It's blackened hands reaching up. Skeleton tree points skyward. Helpless. Whenever I say that last line, I think of helpless, helpless. (laughs) I can't sing it. You know Neil Young. Helpless, helpless. He's got that voice, that little croaking voice. I was, trying, I was listening to uh, my boy Tom Peel. And that was his pick of the week, Neil Young, Harvest. And, I'm, yeah, I've been listening, but it's, it hasn't got me yet. It hasn't got me. Just, I, mean, I can't really connect with Neil Young. I haven't so far. I've not written him off. I'm just, I've just always got this image of him at the last waltz, just like this nose stuffed with cocaine. And it's just the madness about him that I find unnerving. Because Canadians, they're usually so like reserved or just, I don't know, they're, they're just more... They seem more refined than, like maybe an American rock and roll musician, or there's just, or they're just more composed. And I'm, I guess, in my head, I'm thinking of Robbie Robertson. I'm thinking of, uh, who else am I thinking of? Don't know. There's a lot of talented Canadians that just turn up. Jim Carrey's in my head for some reason. I know he's Canadian. Like, he's got some of that madness, but it's sort of... His is like... Uh, it's more his personality just overextending itself, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm also acknowledging... I don't really know anything about Nick Young, to be honest. Not, I don't know a lot, anyway. I just got these images of him. He was all part of that, you know, milieu of, like, harmonious songs and folk and and turning into, like, this dirty rock and roll scene and LSD and kind of a messy period. I guess it's uh, interesting. It's hard to look up to these, these sort of... Even though I do, like, you know, Bob Dylan. Ah, oh, yeah, Leonard Cohen, obviously. Leonard Cohen, so... Yeah, Tom Pitt. He brought Leonard Cohen into it, like to 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 relate to Nick Young. I just don't see the, I just don't see it, man. Leonard's just too, lyrically, he's just so brilliant, uh, and way more controlled with his output. More, yeah. I think that's that. That must be the impression I've got. So similar like Robbie Robertson from the band who writes really, he composes his music, thinks about it before he puts it out there. Same with Leonard. Leonard, sometimes it'd take him 10 years to finish a song. And then you've got Neil Young, who's just, whatever, just records (laughs) straight away, done about, it's probably, I know he's put out like hundreds of albums and some of them are trash, some of them are, you know, masterpieces, but, Should we find some, no, nah, I'm not going to look up. But yeah, so this picture that I saw, which I think is actually by Flor de Pascua, which is a cool name, isn't it? And I started thinking of some dark corridors of the mind, you know, I don't know where that came from. And I started looking up, trying to figure out, Oh, is that a... I thought it was like a Dylan lyric. So I looked up Mr Tambourine Man I thought we'd go through Mr Tambourine Man It's a great song Hey Mr Tambourine Man Play a song for me I'm not sleepy and there is no place I'm going to Hey Mr Tambourine Man Play a song for me In the jingle jangle morning I come following you so that you know that chorus, I, I'm pretty sure this is a you know about being supplied with drugs again. <laughs> Why do I chuckle when I say that? It feels it feels quite silly, doesn't it? I guess I always associate recreational drugs with uh, the early two thousands when. When my, I was living with uh, friends at the red house and it was just like, we just had so many silly times. Uh, even though I, <laughs> I'll leave it at that one. Though I know that evening's empire has returned into sand, vanished from my hand, left me blindly here to stand but still not sleeping. My weariness amazes me, I'm branded on my feet, I have no one to meet, and the ancient empty streets too dead for dreaming. <laughs> Bobby D man, who can who can who can ever doubt Bobby D? He's just unbelievable, he's just a poet. He's a poet. I just love Uh, Between him and Leonard Cohen, I'm just like, you're never going to surpass that. Apologies if you're not into these musicians, but they just make me so excited. Take me on a trip upon your magic swirling ship. My senses have been stripped. My hands can't feel to grip. My toes too numb to step. Wait only for my boot heels to be wandering. I'm ready to go anywhere. I'm ready for to fade into my own parade. Cast your dancing spell my way. I promise to go under it. Cast your dancing spell my way. <laughs> I fucked that up. Apologies. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy and there is no place I'm going to. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. In the jingle jangle morning, I come following you. The jingle jangle morning. Though you might hear laughing, spinning, swinging madly across the sun, it's not aimed at anyone, it's just escaping on the run. And but for the sky, there are no fences facing. And if you hear vague traces of skipping reels of rhyme, to your tambourine in time. It's just a ragged clown behind. I wouldn't pay it any mind. It's just a shadow you're seeing that he's chasing. (sighs) Yeah, Dylan, when I first ran into this idea of the sky as the barrier, you know, like there is. There's a limit, there's a limit. Do you love? You love, you love, you love. Or is there? Today it feels limited. Can't see very far. And I can't do everything I want. Or do I want? Yeah, I don't know. And take me disappearing through the smoke rings of my mind, down the foggy ruins of time, far past the frozen leaves, the haunted frightened trees, out to the windy beach, far from the twisted reach of crazy sorrow, yes to dance beneath the diamond sky with one hand waving free, silhouetted by the sea, circled by the circus sands, with all memory and fate driven deep beneath the waves, let me forget about today until tomorrow. Let me forget about today until tomorrow. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy and there is no place I'm going to. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. In the jingle jangle morning I'll come following you. Yeah, that disappearing through the smoke means of a moron. That's what, that's the link I made between that painting. The foggy ruins of time. The haunted, frightened trees. The ones outside here. Out to the windy beach. That makes me think of Cumberland, Cumbria. Walking along that coast. All my ancestry walking along that coast. The diamond sky. beautiful man. Just go go as deep or as yeah, just just go, go on that journey and <laughs> Sorry, my breakdown was <laughs> ridiculous, but I just get such feeling from these these uh, so like sumptuous and uh, glorious. I think I feel like sometimes if, I don't want to break these things down too much because it will just destroy the magic, you know. I one of my, I think Johnny Blaze's old man would always say like that Dylan just pulls lyrics out of a hat, you know. <laughs> and I remember that when I was probably younger, I'd be like, I'd find that like a bit insulting maybe, you know, like because he's your hero and stuff. But then, so what if he does? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Maybe he does. Like, how did... I even, how does he know what, what, like... You write a song and then, boom, you put it out and it's... The interpretation, it's completely out of your hands, you know? I think the mystery Yeah. It's... Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's mysterious man I think we need more mystery (laughs) I hate when I get preachy like that oh god yeah boy (laughs) oh man so yeah I've been spending a lot of time just sat in my living room just loving it to be fair you can get food delivered to your house I mean Jesus we do literally live like kings uh, I've got this amazing coffee machine that pumps out just liquid black liquid nectar I had a really good yeah I've got a fun memory of the... I'm back on Lavazzo Rosso because uh, the batch of coffee that my good friend Tyler Durden sent to pep me up during this, uh, this run of hospital visits. <laughs> so I've got this little memory of like, sweet caramel Colombian coffee. <laughs> I think it's from this company called Lost Sheep coffee. And uh, yeah, it was nice to have a different flavor. But one of my friends came round to visit the other day and uh, I made him coffee. And he, I think he just comes round now because of the coffee. <laughs> and I'm even, he's even asked... Uh, I was showing him the coffee machine, which again was another Tom Peel pick. So cheap. and so brilliant. I mean, I was looking at coffee machines that, like, running up to, like... I don't know, super expensive, man. Grinders, coffee, like, and and then the the uh, the masterful Tom Peel, just like, nah, get 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 to uh, get online at Currys, which is like this cheap electric, big massive electric warehouse thing, and get yourself this bad boy. It's like a Logic coffee machine, costs about forty five. Forty-five English pounds, which is probably ten times cheaper than the stuff I was looking at. And at first, I was sort of sceptical. Can't be that good. I thought he's just hyping it. It's a this is a hype job. But why? Any why? But yeah. <laughs> and then because uh, I used to, I love using the little mocker, little mocha pot which is the old sort of working class Italian way, you know? you got your little pot on the stove, and you you know the one, the Bioletti with the little Italian character with his finger pointing up. Just this little sort of Mario-style character. You should turn that into a, some sort of cartoon. And I love the little sound. And I thought, oh, if I get a coffee machine, it's just the noises, you know, like, but I was having problems with my little mocker, and I was just like, Phew. you know, to get another one, it's like 25. The one I wanted anyway, like 25, 30 quid, you know. So I just thought, oh, I'll try this coffee machine and boom, incredible. Just, it makes incredible coffee. You get the crema on top is just beautiful and the coffee's delicious, like, absolute masterpiece and it looks nice as well uh so all yeah living like an absolute king uh This is a classic JP hummingbird pause pause for thought so I've been getting well into boxing lately uh, boxing and haiku <laughs> uh, and I've got this little group on whatsapp just of friends who I never thought they'd get into boxing I never, I never realised they were interested in boxing until I just. I got a friend, Skippy. He used to play bass in a in, in a band in the in. The band, not the band, in a band, not a band, probably the. Yeah, i only, I think I've only yeah. ever really been in one band. One band, and then hand solo after that. <laughs> But he was, uh, yeah, just he's the nicest guy. One of the nicest guys I've ever known, like, and uh, very sort of, he's, you know, very peaceful dude, vegetarian, anti-violence, anti sort of, just a very civil dude, like, and, and all of a sudden he just, he got, yeah, just well into boxing. I don't know how I found out, but we just ended up chatting about boxing and then, And I was wondering who else was into boxing. And then there's a few friends who just... Look, I grew up with... You know, I used to do martial arts and stuff. I I sort of grew up with this fighting sports and... I don't mind. I love... I think I went away from it during my, uh, Dharma Bum days where I was just sort of getting balls deep in Buddhism and and Hinduism and just exploring these sort of non sort of ways of life which is like lovely and nice in theory but in reality I mean you can't just violence is part of violence is there isn't it what did the great Richard Ashcroft say sex and silence melody and violence bittersweet symphony that's a tune. Oh, let's have a look at that. Uh. So, yeah, I just sort of went away from all these fighting sports. And in the last year, another two years, I just got back into it. And it's this thing of you, you can't really, you can't. I feel like if you try to hide from aspects of you, it just can only be del- deleterious. At some point, it's going to come and bite you. You've got to embrace all aspects. You know, and I, obviously I have this penchant for violence, maybe. Not not to act out violence, but just to see it. I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? I, I never watch, there's a fight in the street. I'm not interested. I just, I'm not into uncontrolled acts of violence. Wow, I don't know. This is really unfilled. I don't know where this has come from. But, but just that, like, or maybe it's just the, comp. maybe it's just, I'm looking for pure competition. And there's nothing more pure than two people fighting. You can't. Yeah, you're just in there. I remember I used to play every sport at school. And, and I just remember being, you know, I used to play playing football. And, and people would come and try to hurt you, tackle you from behind. And, and then you just, then they then you almost, you have this little spark of vengeance that you want, and you, but you can't get them back because they hide behind the refs. And I think that's when I started doing fighting sports, because then you're, at least you, you just opposite the person. If you want to do something, if you want to break the rules, do it. I'm here in front of you. And uh, let's go, you know. Interesting. I don't know where that came from, but So, yeah, I've been, and and then when you see it at the highest level, anything at the highest level is just poetry, isn't it? Yeah, this lazily watching Lomachenko highlights, peach blossom clouds. So, Lomachenko is this lightweight he's probably too small to be a lightweight but he's up there because there's lots of good lightweights to fight him when you watch him box it's just like his movement his intelligence is it's like the I don't know it's a type of peak human experience and just to see it is is joyful and a privilege he'll just he'll bamboozle his opponents he'll step his footwork is insane, oh, I, I guess, yeah, <laughs> and he's just so like, he's, he just moves, he's punching, he's moving, he's manipulating the opponent, uh, the other guy's just trying to hit him, you know, and just, oh, this last fight I saw him and he's halfway through the fight, he's trying to, he's pointing to the to the coaches, to the other guy and just, Trying to just say, look, throw in a towel, man, because this is just, I don't want to hurt the guy. And you just like, think, is he being arrogant or is he just genuinely a nice dude, like trying to protect this guy's career or. And then it ended up going the distance and. Yeah. Yeah, boxing. It's uh, the sweet science, some call it. It's been around for so long, isn't it? I mean, it's just the, it's the all it is. The, just from the depths of time, you know. Wrestling, fighting, boxing, martial arts—it's just ingrained in us, you know. Beautiful to see. And there's this, there's this new guy called Better Be Everyone I just love. He's just this Dagestani like <laughs> Terminator. He <who> just. <laughs> He throws away the first two rounds just to get, just but constantly pressing his weights till they sort of, he just presses, 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 and the other guy kinds of, he'll punch himself out a little bit and then he'll just just slowly take over and just, combinations, but in close, just, oh scary stuff, you'd hate to be in the ring with that guy. And he's a light heavyweight, so. Yeah, you can imagine how hard it hits. Wow, sorry, but a bit bit random. Uh oh, what was we What was we talking about a second ago? i had, a, I had an idea, didn't we? Wooden ships on the water. Da, 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 da. I've been enjoying Apple Music. I was having a little session. Sometimes it jumps onto mixes and Crosby, Stills, and Nash kept popping up, and I sort of forgot about that band. Very nice that period of sixties, seventies, harmonic, hippie. Yeah, nice, nice. I just found some when I was in hospital I kept writing these little haikus glowing green light, unpressed morphine button, apple blossom. So I just had that first night they hooked me up to this morphine in case I needed it, and I was like <laughs> so just thinking, oh man. I want to take it to see what it's like. I posted this to my friends this little haiku and a picture of this green light. And they were like, <laughs> I'd say probably 80, 80% are just like, press, press it. Definitely. The, uh, a friend, Roast Beef, he's just like, yo, press that button, boy. <laughs> he's like, you got to press it. I just, but I don't know, man. I just felt so clear, clear-headed. And, and I didn't really feel any pain, you know? So I just thought, I don't know, abusive to take morphine when you don't need it. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that hospital morphine it's clean, isn't it? It's, it? Must be good. But I just I don't like seeing the effects of it. There's a guy. There was a guy next opposite me who was who had his leg off. He was amputee and, and he kept taking a liquid morphine, and whenever he took it, you know, his just eyes rolling in the back of his head and just, it just, I don't know. Interesting how I, so I never pressed it. I just left it and next day I got him to unhook it. And uh, yeah, I just, people keep asking me if I'm in pain, but I just, I'm not. I don't know if it's just the way I process it. or. I've had a couple of paracetamol here and there, mainly for headache, if I get a headache, but really it's fine. Even today, I feel fine. After getting jabbed up yesterday, uh, blood canister, sleepless, blood smell, autumn leaf. I think that was probably the the most unpleasant part. I had this canister. They put like a, a drain blood from the from the wound and. It fills up this little like a canister. And it's just, and the measuring, and just the smell of blood, it's weird. Uh, And it's always there and like that. That's why I had to stay in hospital to see if that, as soon as that stopped filling up, that's when they said it's good to go, you know. I think I drained about 200 mil of blood, which is like, Two thirds of a can of Coke, probably. So, I was asking if I could drink it. <laughs> I like, uh, what I found was the best thing. I just like macabre thoughts. Just, I like going into that, those dark places. Like I remember before the op, I was talking with Tom Peel and just, we were chat, we were just talking about writing a will I was like i'm going to write a will, and just I just loved it. it made me feel great talking about it. just dark shit I was like do you want do you want the hat? do you want the flat i'm going to leave the flat to you and uh and then we were joking he'd like call my uh my big brother would call him after if I died and just be like, oh, Tom, man, I've got some really bad news. He didn't make it. <laughs> and Tom would be like, oh, that's a shame. Did he Did he mention anything about keys to, <laughs> keys to the flat? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that sort of stuff, for some reason, made me feel a lot better. I think I, you know, when everyone's like, oh, you'll be fine, you'll be great. I think that sort of, sort of false optimism not false because you know chances are we'll be fine but when or (laughs) uneducated optimism or like un you know i mean when you're not an expert you know when someone's just like they don't don't know anything about what's going to happen and they're like yeah you'll be fine you know it's like if the surgeon says i'll be fine that's that's good but if someone who has no clue what's going on says it it's like oh man that just makes me feel worse Whereas if you just dance around the dark shit and get and have a laugh with it, that's just like medicine. I don't know why. <laughs> but man, yeah, what an amazing feat. So they've, they've gone in under my armpit and removed a section of my first rib. To try and create some space for the for the vein to flow again, you know. Amazing. And I'm nine days out and feeling pretty, 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 pretty good. Big shout out to Larry David there. Uh, if you watch Kirby Enthusiasm, <laughs> you, it's still a a place where you can sort of express yourself express your inner thoughts freely it's beautiful Uh, what was it he said the other day so Larry David he's like he's got an old he's old and great friend Richard Lewis who's another comedian they were sort of born really close together around I think they were like born around the same time really close and have known each other for donkeys and Richard Lewis was sort of he was a massive part of the show for ages, but you don't see him so much these days. But, and he looks a lot older than Larry. And there's an episode where they chat, they're sort of talking and he's like, they're chatting away, giving each other stick, the beautiful abuse that we just we give each other. And, he, and Larry's just like, when are you going to die? And they just chuckle and laugh. And it's like, that just, that spirit is what I love, man. It's like... There's no fear of talking about anything, you know what I mean? And everything's funny. Or everything can be funny. Uh, and that's the, that's the, that's the head I want to be in most of the time. Mm. So yeah, the two shows that I've been loving, obviously Kirby Enthusiasm, it's just like a Larry David masterclass in, uh, yeah, <laughs> in honesty and, <laughs> oh, don't know man, it's funny. And then uh, I've been watching Succession, which is a fantastic show. That's like premium TV, HBO, obviously. It's about this family, who are like the Murdochs. A fictional Murdoch family and just how fucking mean they are to it. dysfunctional and horrible and rich, filthy rich beyond imagination and just oh the act, it's amazing acting, amazing the uh, screenwriting, shot beautifully on different locations and it's written by this English guy who wrote the Peep Show. Which is a f- brilliant comedy in England. And yeah, it's just very understated, very dark humour. And sometimes you're watching it thinking, this is just too much. It's too stressful. It's too like, And then just those dark moments break out and it's like, oh, it's brilliant. Little, little things happen. Uh, masterful. If you haven't been watching it, get on it. Why not? Yeah, I'm not sponsored by HBO. <laughs> but they do make the premium shows, man. The best, if you think, yeah, for a lot. I mean, they got, they got Sopranos going, which set off all this sort of wave of long-form drama. Uh, and they've just been at the top of the game since. Obviously, Game of Thrones and... And now Succession's like a sort of modern-day like Game of Thrones where it's just cutthroat. They're like the Lannisters just go, trying to screw each other over to take over the throne. Uh... Yeah, my mind has gone. We were going to look at something, weren't we? So the last day when I was leaving hospital, I wrote this to haiku. Sunday morning, something has changed. Blackbird. Blackbird fly, blackbird fly, into the cold dive. Yeah, I still haven't watched the Beatles documentary. It's an eight-hour doc. I've heard so much about it, and it sounds intriguing, And but the actual the idea of sitting and watching it. I made one attempt, and then I just... Fascinating to see it. These old English video, their accents, and just how like talking about four track and eight track recorders, man. It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sitting there recording on my phone, and they're having to worry about eight track, four track. You know, and the com- the record company's got such a hold on you. They have to. Ah. Insane how free we are now. And insane how free they were then, in, in totally different ways, like, they chose to be filmed, I mean, now you, you just filmed, all, everywhere you go, you're on camera. At least then you had a choice to be filmed. So, yeah, I've lost, uh, I'm just drawing a blank. I really, uh... yeah, let's finish. Let's finish on a, let me just look. I've had a few new books survive. Oh. Oh. I'll read you a little poem. Federico Garcia Loja. <laughs> this is uh, Lena Cohen's favorite poet, musician. I'm going to dedicate this to Techamani the guitar that's travelled with me for a long long time now uh, there's been other guitars in my life but this is the one that's been with me the longest <laughs> and I owe him, her I don't know Can you? are guitars gender specific I don't know But I owe them a great deal (laughs) of great debt. The Six Strings by Federico Garcia Loja. The guitar draws tears from dreams. The sobbing of lost souls seeps from its round mouth. And like the tarantula, it weaves a vast star to catch sighs which float in its dark wooden reservoir. Mm. all right fairly well i hope you enjoy your sunday and you are locked into whatever you're doing and you're in that little locus of control where you, you understand that you understand that happiness is right next to you all the time you just have to uh relax and let him in and you know all that stuff out of your control all that stuff being beamed through the one eyed monster telling you about things you have no no control over just accept it and then come close yeah Open your eyes and relax. And if that sounds preachy, I apologise. I'm mainly saying it to myself, but you might find it useful. Uh, Godspeed. I love you all. Uh, And above all, be good to yourself.